We have so many stories in our lives, but our stories are not always heard. On the Hear My True Story podcast, we tell our own true stories. Before the white car backed, our head teacher had scattered. Looking at him, I could only see his tie that was flying backwards, waving at us, and he disappeared in thin air. I want to share my life story. I want to share my voice with the people because I know that uh, just a small joke I can tell through this, this podcast, it will make someone smile. When you ask me what I fear most in life, I would definitely respond to you and say it's fear itself. We are fighting for togetherness. We are fighting for equal rights. We are fighting to end injustice. You don't have to be a storyteller or writer because, guess what? Life writes the best stories. Hear my true story. At the airport, they take your passport from you. Yeah, yeah. I thought a passport is your personal document. It's supposed to be yours, not for someone else. And who takes that? And why? The people that work at the airport and take take our passports. I, I don't know, maybe they have... Uh, you come from Uganda knowing that you have your passport, but when you reach there, and by the moment you get to know that this is Saudi Arabia, just there, they get your passport as if they're checking for something, and after putting a stamp in your passport, they take the passport the passports away from you, and then they take you in a different room. You wait from there. So when you wait from there, someone comes for you, they give that someone your passport, and you follow that person. So that is the last time you see your passport. Hear my true story, Kampala season one, where we tell true stories and have conversations about real life experiences with non storytellers and storytellers from Uganda. Hear my true story, Kampala is a joint project between Hear my true story podcast and Omoti Creative, an organization in Uganda. Omoti Creative is an arts organization that provides safe and free learning spaces for creative arts, educational support, and cultural exchange opportunities to children and youths in Uganda. Yes, our dear listeners, it is me again, Otako, your host. Yeah, today we have a conversation with one of the storytellers from Kampala. Sarah, she is one of our storytellers in the Hear My True Story Kampala Season 1, and she told a wonderful, beautiful story. Please, Sarah, could you introduce yourself briefly for the listeners to know you on our podcast? Okay, thank you so much, Otako. Hello, hi, our dear listeners. Hear my story. My name is Sarah Nachtende. I am your storyteller. Yes, I am a filmmaker and an actress, and I am a chef. I am a human activist. Wow. 
You are so many things, Sarah. You are yes. a chef, human rights activist, um, uh, an artist. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. Are you also a storyteller, or is it the first time for you to do storytelling? Yeah, unfortunately, it is my first time to do storytelling, and I am enjoying it. I'm liking it. It is a different version of people listening uh, to your stories and to, to 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 be part of your story. Wow. Yeah. And and um, is it the first time that you you share a true story that is listened to by people on a platform like uh, our podcast of Hear My True Story podcast? Yeah. I mean, like people are listening to this all over the world. Is it your first time to tell a true personal story out there? Um, it is not my first time to tell mm. my true story to the world, but it is my first time to to tell my story to the to the to to, to this platform. Okay. Well, yeah. that's interesting. And how do you find true storytelling as a person? The true storytelling, I find that I find it like it is so challenging to walk back into your past life, to tell your challenges, to tell your to tell your 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 the things that you chose not to say out to the public, and also to 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 tell people about your private life, what you call the private life. So I find it like something that reminds me of me, the old me. Mm. Yeah. What kind of work do you do as an artist? You can share with our listeners. Um, firstly, I am an actress. I act in movies. Mm. Um, and also I do not only act, but I also do the crew work. Mm. Um, I, uh, I do welfare on sets. Wow. And also, I can script supervise, mm. and I can slate. So, so when uh, I am not in film, mm. when I am not in film, I am doing the chef work. And when if it's not the chef work, then I am a, a human activist. So I go around and be the. I speak to. I speak for the voiceless and fight for the rights of others. And how many films have you been on? I mean, how many films have you worked on? Film projects. Film projects. Um, as an actor, I have mm-hmm. been on uh, four film projects. Mm. And then as a, a crew, I have been mm. on two film sets as a crew member. Well, and and, and, and what, what, how do you become an artist? I mean, it's interesting. I'm asking you because you're talking about your artist. So how did you become an artist? Well, what really drove you into doing this art? business. Okay. okay, thank you for that question and uh, I would really love to say that when I was uh, I was growing up, I really liked entertainment and I, I was so active in school with the MDD. Um so one day I happened to perform somewhere or on a on a school uh, project and everyone liked my performance. So after on my 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 daughter, the, 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 the at school, the director called me and he told me. Uh, by then I was in senior five, so he told me when you're trying to choose a um, a career or something to do, I actually 
I am trying to advise you because I see this is the way to go for you. You are so good and perfect at what you're doing. In fact, you like it. So he advised me to go and continue with my acting uh, acting skills. And I really appreciated it because at heart, that is what I really desired and liked. So when I went and in my senior six, when I went after my senior six graduating, I went to my parents and I told them by then I was living with my auntie. I told her I want to go for a course to do MDD course because my aunt had no enough money. So she told me, I don't want you to do the, 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 the MDD course because it is not really that good course that some, someone would choose to go for, at least go for something like doctor, nurse, being a nurse, being an accountant and lawyer, and then do whatever you want after. So I really didn't like to go for a doctor course because I, I never saw a doctor in me. I mean, I never saw a lawyer in me. And I, all I wanted is to be an artist. So when I got a chance for someone to pay for my tuition, and it was so bad that he asked me to go for proposal writing and planning instead of MDD course. So I told them I will not go to school if I'm not doing MDD. That is how I missed a chance of going to school to go to the university for uh, a proposal writing and planning course. And things were not good for me. I went when I, as I went abroad, I connected to a friend called um, Joshira Ndagire Joanta. That is a person who encouraged me because we met and we both wanted the same thing. When I talked about film, I saw her having a heart of film, being an actor, being an artist. So she encouraged me and told me, when we go back to Uganda, we shall do our movies. And I to tell you, when I came back to Uganda, I connected with her. She connected me to different people and I joined film just like that. Wow. It's, it's really a wonderful, interesting and encouraging story how you yeah. ended up doing film. You really wanted it. You you told your mother, I don't want to do uh, MDD. Uh, for our listeners, MDD in Uganda is more like music, dance and drama course in university. Right now, the office, they, 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 they have these courses in universities in Uganda. And people can really attend to become a musician, a, dramat- a dramatist, to become a dancer. But then Sarah decided to go for her dream. However much she couldn't go to university, she made she, she really made it to becoming a real artist as she is right now in film. And you also do music and dance. Yeah. Do you? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's nice to hear about that. So um, you talked about um, your family in your story. And of course, you, you, you talked about it in the story. Would you maybe draw a simple picture of your family? How many were you and that your life as a child in the family? A small picture. So for the listeners to know more about you. Okay. Um, we were born three in my, my parents' I and my two brothers. But mm. then my my father's fathered other 20 children in different mothers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 20 children. So you yes. were uh, 24. Uh-huh. 20, okay. 23. And by mm. the way, I, I 
too late. I don't know how many we are, but <laughs> I know only that number. For the rest, I'll know maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, nice. I'm talking to someone who who, who is really uh, with, with such a family, with a big family. How was it for you? I mean, that's the thing. How what? I, I mean, like, um, how was it for you? growing up in a big family of 20 plus children oh um growing up in a, in a, in a 20 plus family is really challenging because there are happens to have it it happens to have a lot of demands uh, responsibilities are so many that cannot even be fulfilled to, um if 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 you look closely you might even, some of the children in a family might end up uh, not having chances to have certain things because our parents try so much to divide themselves to see that each child gets what they need to get. And then if you're not lucky enough, you miss out on some opportunities, just like me. I really missed out on the love of my father <laughs> and then experienced the love and the worst of my mother. So when I talk about the 20 children or living in a family of 20 plus, it, it is really not a good experience with me. Mm. So yeah. you said you missed, the, you missed the love of your father and you experienced the worst of your mother. Mother, <laughs> yeah. Well, why do you say this? Um, I, I, I last saw my father when I was still so young before even starting to school. And, mm. and, and since then he has then seen me when I am a grown up woman, when I am actually even done with my secondary school, started work. That is when he has seen me again. And, you know, I welcomed him as my father again. And mm. the worst of my mother I tried so much with my mother, accepting and owning her, like, because she struggled so much to see that we really believe that we have parents on earth. She tried to do different kinds of jobs, just like I told you in my story, that she did everything. She sold everything to see that we, we the three, live a, a, a life that children, other children, tell that they both have parents you know so i i really experienced life the worst life with my mother and a good life with my mother and when i compare both my mother and my father that is that is why that is where my statement comes in that i i, I experienced the worst of my mother and then <laughs> the side of my father i lacked his love he has, he has really never, ever welcomed me as a child in, uh, in my life. And I, I, I don't have that strong connection with him. Yeah, I can really understand that. It can be so really, yeah, growing up with a single mother, three children, and working hard to see that you're all having the best and she sacrifices for you to enjoy yeah. your life of a child. Yeah. yeah. So, um. 
could you maybe uh, perhaps tell us more because you said um, you in one of your stories that you had to 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 go abroad, work abroad, and get money to support your brother's treatment. Yeah, yeah. maybe you could share more with our listeners on our podcast. What, what, paint the picture. What what kind of jobs? Where? Which country? Really? Okay. And how did you get there? Like because this is really. You can share if you really want to share that, but if you don't want to share it, you can definitely also tell me, yeah, no, I cannot talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, after my senior six vacation, I looked and yeah. searched for a job to do in Uganda, but I could not uh, get one. Yeah, wait, um, Sarah is talking about yes. senior six vacation. That means uh, when someone finishes a level that you get a certificate that takes you to university, that means that you had finished that level that takes you to university and graduated. Yes. And yes. then you started looking for jobs because there yes. was no university opportunities for yeah. you to, to join. Okay. Yes, you can yes. continue, please. Sorry. Yeah. I, I started looking for jobs, but I could not get one because to wherever I went, everyone wanted mm. a person who had experience, who had an experience, at least maybe for a year, for two years, for six, you know. And that is the the, the very worst period students um, experience after school because they all join the world with excitement, thinking that they are going to get the jobs there and then um, to do what they started. But unfortunately, opportunities are not there. So when I searched for one and I could not really get it, I happened to I happened to have a friend. She was called um, Jen. So Jen connects mm. me to her old workplace where she was working, and um, this place is located in Kampala. It is mm. called the Katikati Mall opposite Alua Park. Mm. That is where I used to sell my airtime and also charging phones. And what really pushed me to look for a job as soon as possible was that I really wanted to continue with my education, but no one was willing to pay for my fees. My auntie had no enough money and my mother was still struggling with both my brothers. So for the person that had given me the opportunity to continue with my education I was offering me to do some other course that I never liked. So I rejected the opportunity. So I believed in myself that I can really work and at least go and do my um, MDD course, the music, the music dance, dance drama. drama. Yes, mm. I do it. And the other two factors that really pushed me was for my brother to get treatment, to get money and go to India for operation. So when I worked at Katikati, I was earning um, 10,000 shillings, the Ugandan shillings. That's a like uh, $2 a day, $2 yeah. maybe, 2 euros, something like that. Okay. That's so little money, That really. is by a chance because they could pay mm. you according to, Yeah. They could pay you according to what to to how much airtime you've sold, and unfortunately, when you could make high, you could sell much airtime, your your mm. your your salary remains at ten thousand shillings. When you pay, when you buy, you you sell less salary, less airtime, 
you get mm. less money, you know. You get like 6,000, 7,000, it depends a day. So my all, my only savior was the phones I was charging, the batteries I was charging, uh, using mm. a universal. So uh, an individual comes with their battery and I put it on a universal, charge it, and I, I earn my, 5, my 500 shillings per, per, per battery that I charge. So that mm. money saves me for my lunch at work and also transport. Mm. And by then, I wasn't even home. I was, I, I, uh, uh, because I had left the home where I was staying, my auntie's home, because the pastor I was staying with, he had just us from there. So I was living with friends. And yeah. because I could not really save with the, I could not save that money, uh, according to my basic needs, my day-to-day life, I could not really save with a 10K. And I really wanted to save my my brother from the burden of um, being sick and on medication every day. So I told myself I am going abroad to work and I get money so that I I, I save my brother's life. Okay. When I when I chose that journey, I mm. my aunt helped me to to process my passport. She sold her land and I processed my passport. He she linked me to someone and then uh, that someone got me a job somewhere. I went to a, a company and when I got into a company, I applied for uh, for 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 work and when works came they told me i'm going to be a cleaner somewhere in a hotel and i was happy that i got a visa i got a ticket i got everything i'm going to go and work and i come back home i save my brother and i start living with my brother with a health life so hmm. when uh, when i got uh, a visa and when i was accepted to go and work I, I, I was chosen to go to Saudi Arabia. I never knew how Saudi Arabia looked like. I actually even never, I had never seen how a board ticket looks like. Hmm. You know, and having yeah. a, a, a passport was so, was like I was, I had reached in heaven having a passport. Because, I mean, I grew up knowing that people that own passports are the richest. So wow. when I have my, when I have my passport in hands, I prepare mm. for everything. I start going to the camp uh, to, to the company that I went through. So one day comes and they're taking us. We were like 15 girls in a bus, and two dropped because they were pregnant at the airport. When we reached there, the guy told us go and meet this particular person. I, we met the person and we went through airport into the airport, but. The, the the other girls that I was with, we we were all, <clears throat> I don't know how to really put it right, but like we had no knowledge about passport and traveling. So we, we didn't know where we were going or where we are stopping or what, but the only thing we knew that we had, our destination is Saudi Arabia, that is period. <laughs> <laughs> I so can really understand that, yeah. So you reached yeah. Saudi Arabia, that's the thing. You finally reached, yes. reached Saudi Arabia. Yes, but because we, are, we were excited even about the plane. You know, when we hear these rich people telling us, 
you get everything you want in a plane, on a plane. Will you do this? You do this. So we sat on a plane that was um, emulates. Mm. And we all, as they were passing food, serving food, passing the menus, we all knew that they were going to give us food. <laughs> but reaching on a plane, we missed food because the ticket that they had bought for us had no food fee. So, and yet we didn't even go with enough money. They told us we shall find everything there. Reaching uh, in Dubai, I had mm. my my 5,000 shillings, Ugandan shillings, but I could not change that money there. So mm. I kept that 5,000 shillings, not until I came back to Uganda with it. And I, I was, I spent my whole journey hungry. Wow, that's so hard. Yeah, that's really hard. Yeah, being on a plane, you can't eat because someone paid for a ticket. Everything was done for you. You didn't know how it happens. Anyway, that's really a big story. That maybe if you get time, you can again share it as a story on the podcast for people to know more. Yeah. So you worked in Saudi Arabia, and how was it for you working? Uh, Firstly, it was so challenging because. Mm. You know, you don't have a mother there. You don't have a brother. You're there for work. And it is it is a totally different environment from our our our, our, our country, Uganda. You reach there, um, their walls are built to the highest and you can't see outside. Yet your passport is taken just right away from the airport. And when you reach inside, wait, you're not wait. supposed to. At the airport they take your passport from you. Yeah, yeah. I thought a passport is your personal document. It's supposed to be yours, not for someone else. And who takes that? And why? The people that work at the airport and take take our passports. I, I don't know, maybe they have... Uh, you come from Uganda knowing that you have your passport, but when you reach there and by the moment you get to know that this is Saudi Arabia, just there, they get your passport as if they're checking for something. And after putting a stamp in your passport, they take the passport, the passports away from you and then they take you in a different room. You wait from there. So when you wait from there, someone comes for you, they give that someone your passport and you follow that person. So that is the last time you see your passport. Yes, our dear listeners, thank you so much for listening and following this podcast, Hear My True Story. So I would like to say we cannot continue beyond this. We shall continue further with this conversation in our next episode where we get to know more about what happened, what is the story, what happened when Sarah was working abroad. These stories were directed by Zoe the Storyteller. Audio production for the stories was done by Adnan Singkumba. Many thanks to our project coordinator Nicholas Kaiwa and all the storytellers of Hear My True Story Kampala Season 1. For more stories, please visit hearmytruestory.com. For more information about Umuti Kreativ, visit umutikreativ.com or send an email to info at umuti.org. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast, Music by Edwin Matovo, hosted and produced by Otako. Subscribe to our podcast for more stories and visit us on our website, yemaitruestory.com, for more stories. All the links are listed in the show notes of this podcast.